Hello and welcome to In the Envelope, an awards interview podcast. I am your host, Jack Smart, awards editor at Backstage, the most trusted name in casting. I'm here to spotlight some of the most exciting film, television, and theater awards contenders working today. Who is in the running? What makes an awards-worthy performance? And what, dear listeners, are the secrets to giving one? We're sitting down for intimate, inspirational interviews with actors and artists to get that insider's perspective on these questions and more. It's an opportunity for some of today's most talented stars to share their craft and career advice, and maybe, just maybe, provide a tantalizing glimpse in the envelope. already know when I was a kid I knew I was somebody okay. that just wanted to perform and wanted to just give what I felt I needed to give that was given to me you know so it was always in my head that I needed to just like be and simply do what I love to do which is the arts mm-hmm. dancing singing mm-hmm. acting everything hello good to be here in what's person. going on today and in, in this late november when we are recording this podcast not oh. ahead of time much <laughs> has transpired in the last several months in november that we know about yes yes all we're the, not all talking the things about the future at yeah, all no. <laughs> <laughs> um how are you today i'm what's very going good on? happy thanksgiving yes and to you yes we're two days out from thanksgiving sure you're about to fly out to hawaii right yes I am going all the way to Hawaii for Thanksgiving. And you're going to Philly? <laughs> all the way to Philly. Yeah. All the way to Philly, <laughs> yes. Um, I feel um, like we've talked good. about this before. Every time I come here, you're about to fly off to somewhere exotic. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Today's guest was um, MJ Rodriguez. Yeah. She was such a lovely interview. She was. We have to explain who she is because some people may not know. Yeah. MJ Rodriguez is the star of FX's drama Pose, which is... Features. It's notable because it features the largest cast of trans actors to be cast as series regulars in a scripted TV show ever. Yeah. Um, it's also notable because it's freaking awesome. It's mm. game-changing, trailblazing, groundbreaking, and it's awesome. Yeah. And she's the star. Also, do you know how like old she is? You know how young she is? I don't know. How old is she? She's 27 years old. She's wow. I know we were just talking about how Lucas Hedges is very young. Very young. Yeah. But the things that MJ does on this show and the and the definitely in this interview mm. of like the bearing and the wisdom and the like she's almost regal yeah in the show and in life and in different ways she's she has overlaps with her with her character Blanca on the show but in real life I mean she has this wisdom yeah this she character. carries a lot of responsibility I think doesn't she yeah I would say of the lead of any show yeah mm. but also just being being a trans woman and yeah. and being a, a trans woman with visibility, there are re- there are really very few of yeah. them out there, mm. and and that should maybe intimidate people, and it doesn't seem to for her. No, <laughs> she's taken on that mantle with with pride. Yeah, I feel like such a dinosaur talking about this stuff because I'm this, <laughs> what is what is the term cis We're straight man? Absolutely, <laughs> but I think it's wonderful. I think uh, obviously more of it needs to. Uh, proliferate into not just the occasional show where it's been you know you throw throw a bone to this thing totally totally Um, and not just for the sake of diversifying 
uh, what we see on our screens or diversifying storytelling, like that's important too. Representation matters in that way, but it matters in the sense of like we, you and I, these yeah cis cis white people, we see the genius of those stories is is the when you see yourself is when you see the commonality. Yeah. In the in the specific is the universal, mm. and in something this this show is it's from Ryan Murphy and it's about the 80s and it's about ball culture specifically ballroom culture mm. and drag and the trans community and those are things that should not necessarily you know on paper you would think they're not supposed to resonate mm. but they do because you and see, it's not presented as a a shtick you know, yes correct which is an important thing too right I think, right it's uh it's universality yeah which i think uh what i'm learning about the idea of universality is that it comes from good storytelling yeah yeah <laughs> like that's the distinction i think like you can certainly art that's maybe not as good or as sophisticated can still resonate with you for sure mm. but it's when it's firing on all cylinders that people are most able to see themselves and relate and learn about themselves yeah through art yeah and i suppose part of the presentation of that is the casting process as well and casting people who are authentic mm-hmm. and in this case and can absolutely relate to their yes. character and present that you mm-hmm. know honestly i mean i remember her talking about where she is similar to her character mm-hmm. and where she is different from her yes. character and of course you know that's where the acting skills come in of course yes. but then the casting process is so crucial when it comes to like this said, and presenting it authentically yeah. yeah 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 and it it's uh it was very much i think a, a part of of ryan murphy and his team's kind of initial premise of the show was like they wanted to start from trans women of color in front mm. of the camera and trans women of color behind the camera janet Monk yeah. is the writer director on the show um a lot of other people that i should probably list in the intro for mj rodriguez mm-hmm. and mj we talked about her kind of breakthrough too in the production of rent mm. at a young age but you know for for the most part this is always true of, of people who are theater stars and then they get on a hit TV show or on a big movie, like that is when the mass majority of audiences know who for you know know you or learn yeah, who you are. That's right. And so this is also MJ is such a great example of like, thank God she was cast with that authentic uh, that authenticity in mind. Thank God that Ryan Murphy and these people saw that she has the commonalities with the character, but also that she's freaking great. That yeah. she where else would we see what she can do yeah. unless that role was written? And I think it's good when you have someone with the influence that Ryan Murphy has. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily have to cast well-known people or stars right. to make their shows because yeah. they already have that That's know, right. power and sway. You mm-hmm. know, They can cast totally. the right people for the, for the roles. Totally. And one of the other people on the show is Billy Porter, um, mm. who MJ and I talked about because I didn't realize MJ has actually known him for years. He's totally brilliant on the show. He's a Tony Award-winning actor who's mostly known for his stage stuff and he's he's extraordinary but let's just go for him next let's get him on the podcast sure. next because absolutely I'm, I'm ready for i'm ready to launch his awards campaign <laughs> it's always fun talking to people like mj too and i told her this of like the breakthrough moment just right there right after this has happened that is the that is a fun time to talk to somebody yeah and again she was not afraid she's not intimidated by no. this moment no absolutely she's ready to go All right. Shall we have a listen? Shall we have a listen? Let's do it. This podcast is, of course, brought to you, listeners, by Backstage. 
Listen, aside from all the great inspiration and tips and all of that stuff we offer for free, like this amazing podcast, Backstage also gives you access to incredible casting calls all over the world. That is why it's the world's number one casting platform. If you're curious or if you're an actor yourself and you really want to jumpstart your career and you're ready to take the advice and the inspiration you've heard here in this very episode and use it, go to backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code ENVELOPE. E-N-V-E-L-O-P-E. That's, again, 30 days completely free to try backstage where you can make a profile, upload a headshot, upload a reel, start browsing the casting notices, and start applying to jobs because who knows? Maybe one day I'll be interviewing you. Again, that's backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code ENVELOPE. MJ Rodriguez, born and raised in New Jersey where she got her big break in an off-Broadway production of Rent, got an even bigger break last year when she was cast as Blanca, mother of the House of Evangelista, the lead role in FX's drama Pose. Created by Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchuk, and Stephen Canals, it features the largest cast of transgender actors in the history of scripted television, recreating the world of ball culture in late 1980s New York City. Here it is, our interview with the extraordinary MJ Rodriguez. We, um, at Backstage, we love talking to artists at like your exact phase in your career of like, okay. the breakthrough just happened mm-hmm. and there's no telling where you can go. Exactly. Exactly. I want to hear all about the cabaret. I want to hear all about Pose. Okay. (laughs) I'll hear all about what's next. Um, I should actually put up, I'm going to be professional and have some talking points. We want to make sure that. talking points. Talking points. (laughs) Are we on? Has it started? We're recording, yeah. Yes, come on podcast. It has started. Hello, America. Yes, welcome. We are backstage. Did you ever use, did you, do you know backstage? Did you ever use us for casting notices? Yes, I have. I used y'all. A lot, yes, and yes. it worked wonderfully. Oh my gosh! What kinds of uh, theatery things? I assume. Yeah, theater, Mostly. theater auditions. I okay. would try to see if I could get in for Pippin, or I would try to audition and see if I can get in. Just like the Pippin big... at ART. No, no, no. Oh. Yeah, P- Pippin at ART. Oh my yeah. Gosh. I, mm-hmm. Okay. At ART. Yeah, there was or uh, Matilda. Uh huh. Or like those things. That's how wow. things on backstage, and I was like, oh my god, okay, this is. The place for theater and yes. film and people who are just artistic in general. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. That's the those are the little propaganda bits that we like to include. Always, people, you have to know about these things. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I do. I want to hear the whole story. I really want to get I want to get your life story on the record <laughs> because because I do think it sounds like you had an extraordinary kind of breakthrough here with um specifically with rent it sounds like this production of rent and i want to hear the story of how you got that yes because that's how you got to this level where you were able to audition for pose and book that role and just take me through like okay i got you everything so a kid from newark new jersey she Mm -hmm. is rambunctious extremely exciting (laughs) and you know a little hard-headed but loves to fall because she likes to get up and Uh, you know dust herself off again she likes to learn but anyways Uh, yes right so um, I'm going to fast forward because my child years were great, but they, <laughs> the breakthrough, I want to get to that, yes, like how you said, sure. um, was when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And I was going to Berkeley College of Music at the time. I was trying to major in songwriting. 
and I minored in performance. Songwriting, okay. Yeah, songwriting. And um, then an opportunity had come. A lot of my friends were telling me about through, like, email, through calling. And I hadn't even been paying attention because I was in college. I was focusing on, you know, mm-hmm. my work. And they're like, MJ, they're doing rent. They're doing rent again. And I was like, huh? Uh-huh. And in my head, I'm like, oh, snap, I just did this at um, the place where I was, like, taught New Jersey Performing Arts Center. Uh-huh. I had did a, a community um, performance of it there. And where you played Angel? Yes. Okay. Where, and Freddie Walker Brown, the original Joanne. Gotcha. She came and saw it. Amazing. Crazy. But I was still in college. This was between like semesters. Yeah. You're not thinking about the real world. Exactly. Yeah. I was just yeah. like, oh my God, this is everything. Now I get to be in a show. I get to be who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I get to live out my dream by playing this character. Little did I know. You. <laughs> down the line, after like going to five auditions while I was in college in my first semester. Uh, oh, first semester of college. First semester of college. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it was because you met this actress, and she she one of the people who opened opened doors for she you? She did open the door for me. She really did. She was she she made it actually all happen, and then Michael Greif made it all happen, mm. and then everyone collectively just made my life change mm-hmm. completely. And Telsey, was Telsey involved in this Telsey well? was definitely involved. Uh-huh. Telsey was... The casting company that I went in for when I was nineteen. Incredible. Mm-hmm. The you first. Were nineteen. I was nineteen, y'all. Ugh. I was nineteen years old, a baby. Just you like, were a baby. Yeah, she was trying to make her footsteps. Yeah, her baby footsteps. Did you know? Like, how do you at nineteen? How do you know? I mean, where do you want your career to go at that point? I had already known when I was a kid. I knew I was somebody okay. that just wanted to perform and wanted to just give what I felt I needed to give mm-hmm. that was given to me. You mm-hmm. know, so. It was always in my head that I needed to just, like, be and mm-hmm. simply do what I love to do, which is the arts, mm-hmm. dancing, singing, mm-hmm. acting, everything of those, you know. Yeah. Live. Live. On camera, whatever it is. Anything. Yeah. Anything. It's just, like, a, there's a message that has to be given. So you mm-hmm. have to do it through your vessel. Yes, your vessel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rent happened, and you won a Clive Barnes Award. Oh, my God. I didn't even expect that award. I did oh, not no. expect that, and I cried on the podium. Oh. My mom was crying out loud in the back. That makes you an award-winning actress. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? Like, that's amazing. That was that was really amazing. But at what point – so, wait. At what point in college is that? I was out of college You're at that time. Yeah, I was yeah, out yeah. of college at okay. that time. MJ had made the decision. She was like, okay, <laughs> you have to choose, girl. Are you going to go back or are you going to do this? And right. I had to make the choice. Okay. I wanted to follow my dreams and pursue my career. And it seems like the universe is saying if you if you got this big role and if you win this award, it's like that is the choice, right? The choice right. was made. Right. The choice was already yeah. made. I yeah, think yeah, it yeah. was laid in the foundation. I mean, I'm someone who's very spiritual. Ooh. Sure. There was like music played. That would be great. Yes. Um, she's theatrical. Like a dazzling, like a dee dee Like a dee 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 or like yeah, some yeah. witchy stuff. Um, yes. But I'm a spiritual person. <laughs> and I believe that, you know, everything is set in place. Like how it's set in a place, your your path is divine. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Everyone has that divine path, you yes. know? So I just feel like everything that has led up to this point has been structured for me mm-hmm. at this point, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I hope it makes sense. I absolutely does. It absolutely does. When, then where did the path take you after that? What happened after rent was done? The path took me into a place that felt like there was a desert. And okay. I was trying to find <laughs> a, a piece of cactus or something that you, you know, nibble on. Yes. And that time was actually a place for me to just, like, stand clear and be patient mm-hmm. and, be, and, and learn and yeah. just work on me. 
Yeah. And be the best me I could possibly be so that when I do go back into an audition room, I can actually be me in the room and also deliver mm-hmm. what I need to deliver. Um, yeah, so after Rent, there was a, 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 a space of a little bit of blankness, which yeah. was fine with me. I'm someone who is okay with that. I'm okay with Sometimes that has to happen. Then a lot of sure. actors, they go through that. They go through a stint where oh, there's yeah. a space. Oh, yeah. So, and that's when you learn the most, is yep. it's safe to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we on this, I mean, on this podcast, we actually love to hear about the dry spells, about the periods when you're maybe moments of doubt. I mean, it sounds like you had your head on your shoulders and you were like, rather than full blown crisis mode, you were like, the path is going to take me uh, to a certain place later. Maybe not right now. Right. I I just had faith in it. You know what I mean? I trusted Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I trusted it. I trusted the people that were, I was around, the people that I've you know, the ha- that had seen me and I just trusted it down the line. And at the, at the time, um, women of my experience weren't really understood at that point. And sure. it was very, very different. So yes. I I took time for myself to say, you know what, I'm going to wait until y'all are on board. Ah! And then once y'all get on board, then I'm going to show y'all. Okay, see, what that's what I love hearing about. I'm taking my thing off because it's getting serious now. I am down for um, the serious. <laughs> I love hearing about the, like, the idea of the industry needs to catch up to me and that's part of being an empowering yourself as an actor mm-hmm. it's like yes i'm not gonna i'm not gonna or I, I am going to wait for i mean yes i can wait out. i can be patient but yeah. i'm not going to conform you know because okay. of who i am no i can't do that that's mm-hmm. impossible and if that means by all means that i have to wait or that has or y'all have to wait mm-hmm. then so be it it's okay. just gonna have to be that but thankfully people are open-minded and they've spread their their horizons mm. and that they're being open to mm-hmm. women like me. Mm-hmm. And it was only, listen, three years might seem like a long time, but it's not a long time for you to wait. It's not a long time to be patient. That was not the, for me. the dry spell. That was the three years. That was the dry rest. spell, right? It's not that long, right? I get, I mean, it's, it's. but you were what, 20 when that started? I was 20 when it started, 21. yeah. 21, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 turned 21 while I was in it. And then after that, yeah, so I was like, yeah. But didn't you also have moments, you must have had moments of impatience and of 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 doubt. I did. And that's when mm-hmm. I went to my mom. That was mm-hmm. my rock. She was like, I was like, mommy, I don't know what's happening. She was like, you become, you keep going to these auditions and you keep turning it and you mm-hmm. leave it in the room. And I was like, okay, girl. For leave you it some- in the room. I mean, that's great advice right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just like don't, don't rationalize. I don't think about it too much. Mm-hmm. You go in there, you give it your best. Mm-hmm. And then you go on with your day. Life goes on. Yeah. And when you say women like you, Mm -hmm. that also what I want to ask about in terms of like waiting for the or or knowing that the industry is going to change and they're going to support you. Mm -hmm. But like what other did you have any other models of women like you in the industry that were blazing this trail? Or did you feel like this is my this is my path Mm -hmm. and I'm on it myself? I mean, before, when I was like 19, no, I did not. Okay. But there were women, I've, I had seen women like me, but I hadn't had a physical contact. I mean, I was in the ballroom scene and I seen a lot of my sisters, but I never yeah. like got a chance to really, really like talk to them or really get a chance. I was a bystander and mm. I only walked like a couple of times. Oh I would gosh. Vogue. Yeah, I Vogue most of the time when I was 14 years old. See, I want to hear about that. I didn't. I didn't know until recently that you did have an introduction to the ballroom culture. Yes, when I was 14 years old. you were more of a bystander. I was definitely a bystander. I say that all the time, too. Well, tell me about the times that you did walk. That, the only time I walked was once. Was it disastrous? Did you? It was. That's why really? I didn't do it no more. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then so after that, but then after that, I started voguing. I did like version voguing, and I was like, okay. that was something that was a little bit more easier than me. Yeah. Five elements that was easy that you were you more know? comfortable with. Yeah, it was okay. like dancing, walking uh-huh. is runway. I didn't feel. I feel like I was on display. It was a lot for me. Okay, dancing versus like modeling, essentially. Right. Okay. Well, all of that is is evident in pose. All of that is informed in pose. I mean, how I want to get into it. Like, how much of that show is based on real on your stories, but on other people's real life stories. I think pose is based on many stories out there. I think it's based on many trans stories out there. I think mm-hmm. it's touching base on a lot of trans stories that were told back then in 1987, mm-hmm. and they're showing homage to these women who have gone on. And I think I'm a collection of women who have gone through the things that Blanca has gone to and I gone through and I think that is the same for Angel and the same as Dominique. Mm-hmm. I think they're just a collective of women mm-hmm. who had to fight hard for rights. Yeah. To just simply be to be to be. Mm-hmm. To and now exist. it's yeah, just just exist. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all. We're not asking for you to accept us. We're asking for you to respect us. And if you can't respect us then just what are we? Yeah. Exactly. Well but then what are we? What do we consider, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what was the, how did you get involved? Was it a ton of auditions? For Pose, it was kind of crazy. I auditioned on camera once, and then I didn't hear anything for two weeks. Oh. And I was like, oh, my God, okay. And I had, like, I was like, oh, "Oh my God, this is something that I got to get. I got to get it. Because I hadn't really had anything, like, I I hadn't had anything stable. I was doing shows here and there, Mm -hmm. you know. So I was like, okay. I pray to Jesus because this is literally me and this character. And oh, two weeks go by, didn't hear anything. Which is devastating. It was a little, little devastating. Uh-huh. I still had a little hope in me. <laughs> okay. And I had go- gone and auditioned for another show and had possibly gotten it. And then right the at that show. moment, no, 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 it was oh. a, it was a musical. Oh, okay. And right at that moment, there was, I think it was like in a second of a, a day or whatever. Like I get a call from Ryan Murphy, <gasps> and from him himself, himself oh, okay. on the phone, and I geeked out. I geeked the hell out. You know Can we curse this. on here? I'm sorry. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I geeked the hell out because I was like, oh my god. You know all his work. You knew you've seen. All yeah, his I've shows. seen Glee. I've seen Nip Tuck. Oh, I have yeah. seen like yes. Yeah. So, I was just completely. I was completely flabbergasted. I was like, oh my God, like the head man in charge. What did he like, say? He was like, hello, MJ. <laughs> and I said, hello, Ryan. He's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm looking at Rihanna's wild thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay. And he did the same thing. He giggled. He didn't laugh as loud, but he giggled. And I was like, okay, well, at least he's laughing. And then he just like, he soothed me mm. with his words. He just said, no need to worry the part you've gotten the part <gasps> and i was just like oh everything oh he gosh. said after that i heard but i was like i'm gonna cry i'm gonna go downstairs and scream and tell my mom and my stepfather and that's exactly that's what i did beautiful. i cried and went downstairs and told my mom and it was crazy so when you so you knew you wanted it to be your part because you saw yourself in the character i did see myself Not in the just character because it what you must have known at that point it was like this is supposed to be uh huge cast of trans characters played by trans actors right the first right kind of it's supposed to be the big deal the the point of the show mm-hmm. is to have this presence right is that part of the reason why it was you connected to it um or was it specifically blanca that like 
It was a collective of all those things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I saw myself in Blanca mm-hmm. and I saw a lot of other people who were very, very similar to Blanca. And I saw, mm-hmm. I, I mean, when you look at a break breakdown in general, you look at the character that you understand most and that you resonate mm-hmm. with most. And Blanca was that for mm-hmm. me. But I also did look at the roster and I also did look at the whole breakdown. And I was like, cool. these are women of not only of the trans experience, but mm-hmm. who are of color. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And our stories have never been told on a platform like this before and we're getting it. Yes, please sign me up. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't imagine, you must have gone through this scenario that every actor goes through, which is what happens if I don't get it. Yep. (laughs) Yep, that's what was happening with me. That's what those two weeks were. I was like, oh God, this is not happening. Okay, I gotta go and see if I can find something else. Well, that's the thing. You do have to find some other project to at least take your mind off of it. It's not take your mind off of it. Mm. And you have to constantly work to make sure that you have... I have a family. Mm-hmm. I have a mom. I have five people that I take care of. We all take care of each other. Mm-hmm. And I think of them first, for, foremost, in anything. Sure. You know? And, I mean, I love my work. I love what I get involved in because it's specific to me, mm-hmm. whether it be the storyline or whether it be to the character that mm-hmm. is tied to me most. Mm-hmm. But I also my family is first, and I have to make sure that they're okay. Okay. You know, so I have to do something that I love, but I also have to do something that's going to make sure they're okay, too. So you're grounded in that. Yeah. If it's concentric circles like you and your family are at the center. Mm-hmm. And then the work and the everything else is more like icing on the cake. Yes. Maybe. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, and it's amazing, too, because that you're portraying a character that, as you say, these are characters that really speak to real-world experiences, like Blanca's mom or Blanca's whole family absolutely did not accept who she was or Mm -hmm. even come close to understanding the first thing about who she was. Right. And it sounds like your your upbringing and your life was not like that at all. No, it's not at all. Yeah. Now, that was the difference. That was... Sure. Something very different for me because I my mom has always been in my life. She's always been there and she's always been very, very accepting. Mm -hmm. And my dad, I mean, for the most part. So, like, I never really... That was a challenging aspect of it because there are a lot of women out there who have never had that before who have never had a yeah. mother or a father. They were just left on the street. So I had to make sure I did justice to those women. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I oh, had to yeah. make sure I like told the stories like how I know. Because I know many people who are in my family who have gone through that too. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Well, and it sounds like that is the responsibility of a show like this. Like you, you, feel, you feel responsible for those. You're telling those people's stories. Yeah. And for a show like this, because I think it's so rare, because yeah. it, Exactly. We haven't heard these stories before. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that feel like a huge, did that feel like a huge burden sometimes? First of all, you're the lead on this show. <laughs> Are you at the top of the call sheet? <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. That's a little too Okay, sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> but, but it sounds I, like such a huge step. It is. But you want to know something, like I said from the very beginning, mm-hmm. it's something that I was willing to take on. It's a responsibility that I knew I had to take on. Mm-hmm. And it's just because it's in my heart. I mm-hmm. mean, people need to feel wanted they need to feel like their existence is needed and it's Mm -hmm. stories like these that need to be told to let them know it's okay you know and it's all right and go out walk these streets go get a job go live your life because you have the right to yeah so that was my main focal point is just making sure that everyone is okay and making sure that they felt okay they have to have somebody to let them know that it's all right yeah it just so happens that. that it's five women of a different experience who have been tormented completely but who still look towards the horizon and say i'm gonna still 
mm. choose I'm gonna choose to be positive and I'm choose to live because that's all I have. Mm. That's beautiful. I hadn't thought of it in terms of like what it all comes down to is you're you're on a mission to just tell people that they're okay, that it's okay. They're okay. Yeah. And also, I mean, I'm I'm on a mission for many things, but uh-huh. I just want like peace completely and generally. I just want to make sure that things are good. Things yeah. are settled, you know, and that we, our existence as trans women are okay, that we don't have to constantly be attacked every single time mm-hmm. someone doesn't understand us or stand our point of view or because right. we actually have a voice and we need to speak up, you mm-hmm. know? Absolutely. And I do love that about the show that it certainly doesn't, it could have gone out and portrayed these women as having no difficulties, as having no problems or like it's realistic in the sense that it shows how hard they have to work to exist and to be okay. Well, yeah. And also these stories are very, very real. These yeah. stories are very real. A lot of trans women, a lot of trans women of color go through this on mm-hmm. a daily day-to-day basis. This is not something that has just stopped in 1987. Exactly. It's happening now mm-hmm. still, and there's nothing being done about it. You know, mm-hmm. there's still a high, high rate of trans women getting killed yeah. constantly. So like that is something that needs to be fixed. And I think that's one of the reasons why Pose is here in this time, mm-hmm. because people still need to know the fight is still going on it started way back when Mm -hmm. and there's still one going on and it ties into all fights women's rights yeah african americans rights you know it just and etc absolutely that's really beautiful because on the one hand it's depressing that it's a lot of the issues that are being kind of illuminated in the show are still relevant in 2018 but it's also it's also it's comforting that this is a show about 2018 as much as it is about 1987 yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is gorgeous. You're, this is beautiful. Um, <laughs> how, does it, how does it feel? I'm like, I feel like I'm a sprinkly star dust buttercup ball of happiness. Ah! I'm sorry. I just had to say that. Yes. You mean being here? Yes. <sighs> Thank you. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Um, how does it, like, how does it feel? <clears throat> People must be approaching you. People must be... Have you had, like, stories of fans or of people whose lives have been impacted by this show? I have a lot of young kids, which is great. Yeah. I say this all the time, and I'm going to say it again. Mm -hmm. I was, as a woman of the trans experience, we don't usually get the opportunity to conceive children. It's Mm -hmm. hard. So this mindset that I've had for a long time was, I'm never going to have kids. Okay. I'm never going to have kids. Then I get this show and I get a slew of kids coming to me and and DMs and messaging me and saying, like, you remind me of my mom or the character Blanca reminds me of my mom or, Mm -hmm. you know, my mom is gone. But I have Blanca. Like, there's stuff like that in in the DMs. And it's I know it's not just me. I know they're doing it to every single character, which is beautiful. But they they are finding places for them to feel comfort. And they find it in these characters, which is beautiful. It's beautiful. It it's sounds beautiful. heavy too, though. It sounds like a. It sounds like a like a, like a responsibility, like you said. That's not right. <laughs> they're, babies. So they're, they're babies. They're babies. You know, so they're thirteen, to, fourteen years old. That's amazing, and yeah. they want chosen families. They, that's well, and some of them actually do have their family too. They, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just when they say this reminds me of my mom, my house mom. They're saying this reminds mm-hmm. me of my mom, like their actual biological mother yeah. like you know it's it's mm. it's transcending the the narrative just for the lgbtq but it's con- mm-hmm. including everyone in mm-hmm. it you know it's just about family yeah and how we have to stick together so yeah it's, that's the best responsibility to have is to mend families 
Exactly. Well, and it, it sounds like the, it's like the good kind of responsibility. Ew, which I like. <laughs> I'm all about good. I don't have no time for negativity. Right. Well, and it feels like that must have been a part of the of the initial like getting you guys involved in the process. There must have been like a consideration of like, can they handle being being role models, being trailblazers? Oh my god. Do you consider yourself a trailblazer? Like as you are. You know, I'm not someone who, I w- yes, I do consider myself a trailblazer in this time, but only because there are people out there who have taken a chance on me for me to be that. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if it weren't for the people out there, sure. the team yeah. who had has me on this show sure. and the people the kids that are actually looking at this show and looking towards it I wouldn't be the trailblazer I am today mm. you know so I'm thankful to, for all of that yeah. I'm thankful for all that and yeah I do accept that I can say that I'm I think finally I'm trailblazing <laughs> yeah and it sounds like that's it's because it's in you're in service or you're in um, you're repaying those people yes open those doors yes I am yeah I am I hope my ancestors are proud honestly right well, and it, really it is do. kind of the thing of like when someone opens the door for you, you, you have to, you have to honor that person, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a, it sounds like so much of it is about gratitude. That's all it is about. Uh-huh. My stepfather taught me something very important. Mm-hmm. Humility mm-hmm. and humbleness is what's going to get you through the day. Mm-hmm. You have to show humility. You have to. Because if you don't, then you'll lose track of everything. Yeah. Yeah, you re- you kind of lose track of who you are, I guess. Yep. Yeah, and and like you're saying too, like losing track of who you are, as in going back to your roots. It sounds like you have to have a really strong base. Mm-hmm. This is excellent advice. What advice do you have for someone who's like at your point in this career, like post breakthrough, <laughs> if I can say that? Like, what? I mean, I guess you're in the moment, so I don't know what advice. Like, what advice are you giving yourself? <laughs> in this moment to anyone who is like embarking on a journey like this in their life and Mm -hmm. speaking to myself Mm -hmm. I would always make sure that they're conscious focused that Mm. they're always Mm self-caring and making sure that they come first and Mm. once they've done that making sure that they are well enough to expand a little bit of energy out and when I say a little bit of energy I'm talking about a lot because sure. when you expel energy that's a lot make sure you expel it out to everyone that deserves it and just be positive and make sure you're doing everything that you're doing for a good reason mm. no malicious intent behind it mm-hmm. no agenda just do it for the pure good mm-hmm. and I'm sure you'll succeed amazing it's a, it sounds like like any kind of negativity is at is the antithesis of everything you just said. Like any lack of humility or any ego or any drama. Like why is that the thing to be avoided? I think is the way to ask that question. Well, it can create a lot of chaos, and it can also like hinder mm-hmm. you from what you truly have to do. It can hinder you from your person purpose, your personal purpose, and where you want to mm. be as a human being. If you let negativity, if you indulge in negativity, indulge in it. Yes. Then. You're like, going to wind up being surrounded by it, by it every single moment. Yeah. You know? That is tied to the being being grounded and being in the moment, being present. 
Is that true of like auditions and acting too? Like you have to get rid of negativity when you're like on a set, for example, and find out a way to be as focused and as as in it as you are with Dominique and with Billy Porter. And well, you have to, and also, I mean, I, every single person on that show, like that I work with, they love it. You have mm. to love it. Mm-hmm. You have to love what you do, and it yeah. always ties into. I mean, you have to always bring into a positive energy and be yourself when you're going into an audition room. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then the person, the the people behind the the panel or the people behind mm-hmm. the de- tables, they're gonna see it right away. They're gonna notice it. That's how it works. They're gonna notice it. Right. And you don't want people noticing that you're upset or bothered. You have to be happy about what you're going in for. You have to love what you do. But it sounds like you've had that in your head since you were 19. Like, how did you know to not that very valuable piece of advice of, like, don't change yourself. Don't try to be somebody else. Partly because, yeah, the casting directors, they can see that, mm-hmm. that bullshit, essentially. Right. But, like, there's no other way to operate. You have to be as, as yourself as you can. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. How did you learn that? I don't – to be quite honest, I don't think it was anything learned. I think mm. I just had – I grew up as somebody who was just, I don't know, had a good heart. And mm-hmm. and were loved. Yeah. Yeah. I had my mom uh, just, like, make sure I was someone who went out into the world and did what I loved and also mm. did it, hopefully did it well. <laughs> and sure. also Work make ethic. sure I was being nice while I was doing it. Mm. Like That's crucial. Yeah. You know, like, just be a good person. Yeah, that's excellent advice. Um. I would like to get to the, I'm fascinated by the fact that you were in the ballroom scene Mm -hmm. as a teenager. Mm -hmm. First of all, what are the differences between the ballroom scene like today or when you were a teenager Mm -hmm. and then back in the 80s? It's different. Well, it's definitely very different. Um, Well, and it's from 1987 until now, it's totally different. The styles and, Uh you know, back in the day in 1987, they were doing a lot of old way. And old way is like, you know, horizontal lines and, you know, sharp lines and you're creating specific shapes with your body and, you know, you're doing things on the floor. Whereas now, there are so many different types of titles. You have Mm. old way, new new way, voguing femme, soft and, it's another word called soft and cunt. That's very like, you know, (laughs) it's a stylistic dance mm-hmm. i didn't know if i could say that that's what i was like oh my god um <laughs> but they're just new new categories now and they're they're evolving every single day i did not know this mm-hmm. i don't know what the ballroom culture is like today like i know paris is burning i actually know i feel like we you as gotta a, go to a ball i do want to go to yes you should go to one yes because i know too it's, it, please i know it's also like young kids are really into it right yeah well a lot of the young kids and people who are of older experiences they're uh-huh. into it too they come back and they sh- you know that's beautiful the kids who are in the scene now they know of the people who were there before because they make sure that they come back amazing know? it's that type of community it's a right. very very close-knit family right it's the idea of a chosen family and i do think the idea of a chosen family is is part of what pose is teaching i'm using air quotes because i don't think pose is, is going out to try to teach people about certain cultures or certain whatever mm-hmm. it if people learn about those things, great. But it's there to entertain and it's there to like tell truthful stories. Exactly. I think. Mm-hmm. But I really want to hear about like the one time you walked. Like why was it disastrous? Because I did what not know it? how to walk. <laughs> I, it was just like I went in front of a whole bunch of people and I was just like, damn. <laughs> did you feel like you face planted? Like were you embarrassed? No, I just oh, okay. like walked out of turn. It was horrible. <laughs> okay. I don't want to talk about it. 
bad. It's kind of bad. That's, that's exactly the kinds of things. It's kind of bad. I remember I was in high school mm-hmm. and my house father, this was before I had even walked. My house father had shown me. He was like, this is how you walk. This mm-hmm. is what you need to do. And the first time I did it, I like nixed everything he said and did not do it right. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're looking so like a, a abashed. About I know. It. No, it's but bad. then as Blanca, so then how does that inform? You must have been thinking about that one time you walked. Yes. Uh, when you are on the show. Okay. Yes. Like, how does that I inform? mentioned that actually. <laughs> <laughs> to to like to Ryan Murphy? Or? No, not to Ryan Murphy. Oh, okay. I mentioned it to one of my, she's a good friend of mine. My name is Janet Mock. She's on the show. Oh, yes. Well. She's a director and writer okay. as well. Yeah. I mentioned it to her and <laughs> I guess it popped up in there somewhere, but yeah. Because Blanca has varying stages of like, early in the season she's not as she's not as good as she's not as polished i think no i mean but that's that's how it is with everyone in mm-hmm. the ballroom scene they're not as polished in the beginning mm-hmm. i mean she's polished now and when you see her from the beginning of the show she's very polished and she knows exactly what she is and mm-hmm. she's you know determining herself as a house mother she's spreading her wings and flying mm-hmm. off but there is a moment which i don't know if everybody's watched yes so i don't want to give it away well yeah but there is a moment where Spoiler they do alert. a flashback Mm-hmm. You know, and that shows her. She, yeah. And that listen, that's just not that's not just my story. That's a lot of girls' lot, story out there yeah. who have walked for the first time yeah. and who have been chopped completely because they were new in the game. That's it. You know, it was just tough hmm. love. It is. It's very tough love. It's tough love, which yeah. is beautiful. Sometimes people need tough love. But that I love that moment too because she also has this like she's being brutalized by the by the MC or by the crowd. But she also has this look on her face like, but I really like doing this. I'm still like, she's still kind of centered in it. She's not discouraged from ever doing it again, certainly. No, of course. I mean, I think that's her character. I think she's someone who likes to, she does, I don't think she likes to be. Let me correct that. Mm. I think she's someone who has no problem with falling. And, Amazing. And getting back up again. And is that where she overlaps with you? Yeah. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities between me and Blanca. And there are a lot of differences, mm-hmm. a lot of differences that we can probably go on and on about. Mm-hmm. But that is one of the similarities, which is if I fall, I'm going to get back up. It don't matter. <sighs> That's beautiful. And it's a similarity, too, with, like, these kids messaging you. Yeah. They make me cry a little mom. bit sometimes. Yeah. you real house mother. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, too, because I never, ever would have saw myself as, mm. like, I never saw, saw myself as that, but to be blessed with an opportunity to, like, have that. See, it's not a responsibility. It's an opportunity. Responsibility. We're not changing it. It's a responsibility. There you go. Okay. Amazing. Um, what else about Pose? Like, I love the I love this trajectory. Like, at the end, she's – it is a spoiler alert. I have to say spoiler alert, I guess. But, I like, she's life. crowned mother of the year at the end or whatever. And you – like, where, where did you see – explain her arc. Where does she go from the beginning of the season to the end? Blanca goes from a little bird who jumps out of the nest. Like yeah. I said, she spreads her wings. And her mom is very, very, very upset and resentful of that. Mm-hmm. But instead, she decides she wants to move forward and go on with her life and live a life for her own and not live under the shadows of her house mother. Mm-hmm. She loves her. They both love each other because that's family. Oh yeah, it's a but as all yes, but as as all parents do, you know, it's hard when the baby is moving out. Mm. So she moves out. She gets. She goes on her own. She goes to a couple of balls. She tries to gain enough status so that mm. she can have kids to teach, so that she can have her own kids to teach, mm-hmm. and so that she mm-hmm. can 
possibly become a mother of her own and see how that works out for her. And by the blessings of the universe, Mm. (laughs) she's given an opportunity to be a mother to three children, Mm -hmm. and she teaches them. And then at the end, her acknowledgement through her (laughs) brother-like slash uncle-like pray tell, he gives her that accolade. Oh, my gosh. That's hopefully, that's a quick snippet of it that's beautiful well and i i was so i was overjoyed to see the season end on that beautiful high right? note. it does it's just sometimes you have you need that exactly sometimes yeah. you really need that we yeah we do and i'm curious can you tell us anything about do you know anything about season two or? i don't okay i really don't okay. <laughs> i really don't know anything about season two but i can't wait i'll tell you that much I yeah. can't wait until I get I my hands in the dirt again and yeah. start playing. Yeah, amazing. Because there's plenty of more story to tell. There's plenty of backstory. You know what? Of... I say that all the time. I'm glad you said that because that means mm-hmm. I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and these are stories that, like we said, we haven't seen any of this. So yeah. it's all going to feel novel for TV. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> you're right. That's okay. It's entertaining. So you can learn why you're entertained. Yes, it has to be entertaining. Yeah, it has to be fierce. Mm-hmm. Oh, be you better fabulous. say, okay, all right, you better use fierce. <laughs> you better come on and use fierce. <laughs> um, I Talk to me about your scenes with Billy Porter. Oh, my God. Like, what did you, what have you learned from him? Or what, you know, what, do, you guys have this incredible magnetic rapport, these two characters, this really nuanced relationship. So, what is like the secret to the success of your chemistry? Well, do you want to know? I can give Tell you a all little the taste. secrets. Well, Billy Porter was assistant director, oh. associate or assistant director, on, no, associate director on Rent. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, oh he God. was, and he was someone who I met, and at nineteen, at nineteen years yeah. old, and he was in the audition room. Oh my God! What? And I had listen. I had known about him. This is after Kinky Boots. No, no this no, no, is no, no. while Before I was at Kinky Rent. Boots. This yeah, is well yeah, yeah. and went and from then on, I mean, he, obviously, he taught me a lot while I was there. But I was just looking at that time like a little puppy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's, yeah, when I was nineteen, we just we created a, a wonderful relationship. Mm-hmm. I would like to, I would like to think, and I think he thinks the very same. And since then, through kinky boots, and then through my stand of not like having anything, I still kept mm. in contact with him, and mm-hmm. I still made we made each other available to each other. Mm. And then when we found out that we were on the show together, I was surprised. I didn't even know I saw him in the audition room. And I was like, oh my God, Billy. He was like, yes. And I was like, oh my. <laughs> Wait, do your Billy? Do you- yes. <laughs> He's like uncle, honey. He's like this. uncle. It's this. Yes. 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 With the hand. Yes. And I was like, okay, work. I pray to Jesus. I pray to Jesus. And it happened. happened. It happened. It wow. happened. I didn't know that. So you had this real, this longstanding relationship and that explains it. Mm-hmm. That explains why you guys have this amazing connection. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like he's sort of a mentor or sort of like a... He is. He is. He is. And it's, it's kind of phenomenal, actually. Well, and he hasn't gotten his due as far as film and TV. No, and concerned. I'm very happy that he is getting it now. Oh, yeah. It is just, and it's time. He's magical. He he's is. magical on the show. Ever since he was in Greece and he played, listen, yeah. don't make me go all the way back to his albums because I can trace it all the way <laughs> yeah, back. Totally. He's been someone who has been trailblazing for a long time mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I get to work with him. I'm glad I get to like finally work with him. You like, know what I mean? Really Just dig like, in. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned spirituality. Can I ask about like what that is? We've talked about it a little bit, like mm-hmm. how it plays into your philosophy really like how you operate in the world um but if you could define it how would you define it 
would say I'm. I would say I'm a, a Christian. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm someone who. I wouldn't say I'm religious. Cause that is something that I feel is now I'm seeing, in certain circumstances was possibly constructed. Mm. Um, mm. We're all challenged with that, even when people say they're not challenged with it, they are. Sure. But I do believe there's something much more bigger than all of us. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because of us rotating around the sun and the sun not rotating around us, honey. <laughs> so oh my God, obviously s- there yeah. is something bigger than us, and I'm respectful of that. Of the sun. Well, not the sun. Something I know, bigger like, than the sun. I know, we are, I love we that. know where this is going, totally. but we don't. We, we don't have the devil. It's too deep. But I will say, there's obviously something bigger than us, and I'm respectful of that. Mm. And I believe that whatever that beautiful divine power, which I call God, mm. is, mm. bestows blessing on people who are good and who mm. really want to just give good, who want mm-hmm. to do good, yeah, even though they're human. Beautiful, wonderful. Um, what are your goals? How far do you want to, how, what, what do you want? Can I ask that? (laughs) There are many things that I want. Mm -hmm. But I want, I would love and want for my art to possibly down the line line last and have a legacy. Mm. And I want the legacy to be basically sold off of what I gave through the characters that I've interpreted or that I've been given. Uh Uh-huh. Um, Mm whether it be Blanca, whether it be another character given to me down the line or mm. audition for it down the line. I just want my work to be transformative and I want it to be very transparent so people can relate easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Something relatable, something universal captured in each of your... I love the idea that it's characters. It is like you want to you play scripted, you want to play other people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I think that's the wonder of being an actor, mm-hmm. you know? You get to dig into stories and create stories and mm-hmm. just be a storyteller. Yeah. And so what, and so will you be able to, I mean, I know that you will be able to hang on to that during the next dry spell if there ever is one, which for a life of an actor, of course there is one. There's always that. There's yeah. always, uh, actors are always fluctuating. That's always something that's happening. Sure. Yeah. And how do you get to that point where you're like, maybe you're going through three years of auditions that you're not getting and that you're like, what is your advice to be, to the working actor who is there not well, working I would, roles? One, I would tell them to make sure that they're staying very, very sharp in their craft and make sure that mm. they're practicing and doing what they need to do. Okay. You know, not sitting idle. That's but advice. also while that's happening, being patient within working and working on their craft Mm -hmm. because some people can grow impatient while still going to acting class and sure you know like that's just the human condition we that's us as humans yeah you know but within Mm. that you have to learn how to be comfortable with letting a notion go that i have to get this i have to get it you just have have to say i'm going in for this if i get it i get it if i don't i don't Mm -hmm. and hopefully there's an opportunity that will present itself where it's for me. I always say this. You don't miss anything. You don't miss what anything. Do you mean? Like an opportunity or or a, mm. you, you don't miss anything. Mm-hmm. Everything is structured for you the way it's structured for you. Right. I love that. Because then, cause then if, you're th- if you're clinging to this idea of I missed it, I'm, that, I, that role or that perfect opportunity missed me, mm-hmm. I mean, you're miserable for one thing. You have to, I, I always say you have to like, 
and like I said before, you have to focus on you and you have to know you and you have to be comfortable with you before you go into anything. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned too that like that looking out for yourself involves Mm self-care. What specifically does self-care mean for you? Well, I mean, tying it back to what I would give as far as advice and self-care is like, you know, it's important that you are healthy. It's important that you're working out. It's important that you're eating properly because your body needs those things. It's like the fundamental things, the most important things that anyone needs. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like self-care that's important. And a lot of people don't do that because they're so busy or they're running or they're, you know, tying back to what we originally talked about. Like that's important. Self-care. Make sure you're okay so that you can help someone else. Because if you're not able to work, then how can you help the other people that are out there? Yeah. It's the um, airline mask thing of you have to secure your mask before you help others. Because uh, how are you going to help others if you if, if you If you on that plane and you can't breathe, honey, <laughs> how are you going to help that person over there that can't breathe either? You got to breathe so you can help somebody else. That's a really great philosophy. It really is. Because I've, I've struggled with this in terms of like, I feel like I guilt trip myself a lot or I see self, I used to see self-care as like a, as a selfish thing. A selfishness and there's a there's a there's a difference between selfishness and then being like healthily self-interested mm-hmm. i think and you that takes to... a while to learn i think mm-hmm. it does it does take a while to learn but you have to it's important yeah and i th- encourage every single person on the planet to do that it sounds like you just i you have a really wonderful like head on your shoulders and that is comforting considering what i feel like is a moment in your career that like it could go in any such direction. It just feels like it's exploding right now. Yeah, and that's okay. You know, I oh, mean, yeah. I'm hoping it skyrockets to mm-hmm. the moon. And <laughs> like I said, I hope it's like a long-lasting one I where that too. my kids are enjoying their life and my mom is chilling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And if it's not, listen, MJ is, is blessed enough to be okay, but I think it's going to be something thing. beautiful. See, that's why I, that's what makes that's what's beautiful to me is that it sounds like you are in a position where even if a, another huge dry spell happens or if everything goes to shit professionally, that you are you are okay. I am. Yeah, I am okay. And I love that that's like your mission in pose too. Is like you just want to tell people that they are that they're yeah. okay. It's gonna be all right. Just keep fighting the good fight. You know. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank I'm you. I'm sorry I'm being so cheesy. That's just who I am. That's, That's exactly what we like on this podcast. Well, bam, wham. Thank you, man. In the Envelope, an awards podcast, is recorded at Lotus Productions, Hyperbolic Audio, and Big Yellow Duck in New York City, and Soundbox LA, Mark Grouse Studios, and Buzzies in Los Angeles. Like, rate, subscribe, tell your friends, and follow us on Twitter at In The Envelope. Thanks, as always, to producer, editor, and all-around podcast extraordinaire, Jamie Muffet. And thank you to the team at Backstage, the most trusted name in casting. That's Peter Rapoport, Rowan Al-Khatib, Francis Ramos, Caitlin Watkins, Lauren Rout, Mark Stinson, and especially Casey Howe. For more awards and industry coverage, head over to Backstage.com. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time for another glimpse in the envelope. Envelope.